Oh, do I introduce our special? I'll introduce our special guest later. Mike, yeah. nobody gets this bit yet. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I sh I should wait until he's in the episode, shouldn't I? Yeah, that's what, no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you should just because this bit is from an episode that hasn't come out yet as we're recording this, so <laughs> nobody knows what this is. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it later. <laughs> we'll see. Let's just play it by ear. <laughs> Shoot the white people. Oh, wait, what? I'm gonna go to hell when I die. I'm gonna go to hell when I die. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free riders analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. Just Mike? There's no one else here but me. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Just checking because you know, all right? And our <laughs> guest today is the host of Blade Lickin' Thieves, an Asian film podcast focusing on anime, kaiju, chambara, hope I said that right, martial arts, drama, and more. Please welcome to the show, Grant Jones. Hey, thanks for having me on, gang. It's nice Yay. to be here. Hey, welcome. Yeah, chambara, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or chambara, mm -hmm. either way. It's not my word to say the proper pronunciation. I'm not an expert. <laughs> We've had a recurring problem where we keep saying the word manga wrong. Mm. Like did that? I just say it wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yep, that was wrong. It's pronounced manga. Yeah. Among us. Among us. <laughs> it's okay. I also don't pronounce anything correctly. Not because, uh, you know, it's just, it's it's old age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're old. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I'm a withered old man. But thank you for having me here. It's great to be. Thank you for coming. And let's start things off by asking you the question we always ask whenever we have a brand new guest, which is how did you get started with Full Metal Alchemist? It's funny because Full Metal Alchemist, when the first series came out and the manga and all that i already had other things on my plate and i was kind of on the way out of anime fandom i'd been in it for a while and i was kind of going through a phase where i was like ah they don't make it like they used to anymore it was better back in the day ah, you know all that so i took a pretty long break from fandom and by the time i had come back brotherhood had been a thing and existed also but it was actually brotherhood i guess around 2013 2014 time frame i started to kind of like explore coming back in and kind of saying like well you know what are the kids up to these days and full metal alchemist brotherhood was one of the first shows that i really tried to watch that was kind of new to me and of course quite hilariously you know by 2013 full metal alchemist had been around for quite a while uh, <laughs> and so i even encountered a young person who told me yeah i only like old school anime like Full Metal Alchemist, and of course, then I just oh, felt God. extra old because I was like, "No, I, I thought I was hip. I thought I was cool." I, it's just kind of funny to think about. But I pretty much watched it all in one big, consistent block then, and pretty much haven't touched it since. I really, really enjoyed it. Just really haven't revisited it much since then. So this week's episode is Flame of Vengeance, which was directed by Takahiro Ikizoe, who directed six total episodes, including Reunion, The Shape of This Country, and The Pilot. This is his penultimate episode. It was written by Hiroshi Onogi, who wrote 24 total episodes. And now it's time for us to do our recap. This is a moment of the podcast where one of us will do an improvised 21-second recap of this week's episode. And that person will be decided by the roll of a dice. If it lands on one, it's me. If it lands on two, it's Arthur. If it lands on three, it's Mike. And if it lands on four, it's our guest, Grant. So now let's roll the dice. Two. Great. Arthur. Yes. Wow. Again, two in a row. row. Twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was like four times in a row before that. We believe in you. Three, two, one, go. 
Okay, uh, fuck. Can I start over? No. <laughs> no, you no. got this. <laughs> okay, all right, guys, like, come on, turn on the radio. And and Mrs. Bradley is there, and she's like, oh, they tried to kill me and support Mustang. And then Mustang comes and destroys all the mannequins with a big fire. Boom, boom, boom. Then he kills Envy a bunch. And, oh, is Envy Hawkeye? The end. Uh, okay, I'll give that to you. You lost it by one second. All right. You know what? Actually, you lost by one second. I'm not giving that to you. Oh, <laughs> wow. Ruthless. I am a serious host. That's how I describe you to people. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start off by talking about something that is not important to the episode, but that really fascinates me. This is like fake 1930s, but the radio jock is wearing his headphones like he's a 1980s shock jock. <laughs> After this, rave at Central. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Rowley, show us your tits. 99.8, The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Elka, Elka. Mustang confronts the ghost of Hughes live on air. The first, the first five people who pass by and honk and say, I love you, Mrs. Rowley, will get a sticker. from Central. Social Central. I like the fact that a freaking coup d'etat is happening and there's people just drinking coffee. I like that. It's like, of course. That's how things are, though, you know? Well, but yeah. I also, like, I learned a lot about human nature by being on Twitter, uh, the worst parts of it. And, like, <laughs> I, I think I recall a couple years ago, there was one of those things where we all, for, like, a brief moment, thought, like, nuclear missiles were heading to Hawaii. Right. And, like, what did I do? I just kind of kept tweeting through it. And so I, I like I kind of feel like, like yeah, it's just how it is. Do? Like yeah, you, yeah what you, else you, you gonna do, right? Just, eggs, sip your coffee. <laughs> it's like I mean, what else can you do, right? It's gotta have my. It's too. I gotta go into work. I might as well have some have some coffee before I go. <laughs> now the reason I brought this up is because I think the let's call it the central play, the, what uh, Roy and his people are doing. I think that as a concept is very cool. But I kind of wish that Central, the city, had played more of an essential part in the story, you know? Because right now the show is like, they got to get Central on their side. And it's kind of like, why? It's, they don't really matter. You don't like the random people being like, hey, everybody, come turn on the radio. You're not going to believe it. Everybody turn on your radios. It's crazy what's happening right now. What? What are you talking about? Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? <laughs> that reminded me of the ending, not the ending, but like the near ending of Spider-Man 1. Oh my God. Where it's yeah, like, what, but that New York comes out and starts like, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah. And when like directors are like, we really wanted New York to be a character. And they're like, not literally. We don't want <laughs> New York to literally come and save Spider-Man collectively like a hive mind. As someone who actually likes that scene, I feel like that works because you've seen Spider-Man kind of protect the city and me with all these random people. So when these random people come back, it's like, I mean, a better example would be the scene in Spider-Man 2 when they carry his on body the train. on the train. Oh, it's so right? good. That's so yeah, good. But that scene, right, yeah. but that scene really works That's because amazing. you've seen him being nice to all these random people and being like but a hero to these people. it is not up in Spider-Man 1. It is just yeah. not. It's just not. All of a sudden, the show is really worried about the politics of the coup d'etat. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you don't have to do this, you know? Like, at no point was I like, but I wonder what the people of Central think about this. I think look, I think it's super interesting. I just, I agree. It wasn't well. Like, if you're going to do that, you could have... There's so many plants for that that they missed, you know? I wonder if the manga has those plants. I think there's, to some degree, there's kind of a time issue here. Full Metal Alchemist does have a lot of characters in it. 
and if you want to sort of like make the city and its people also a character that's more time that they have to spend and watching this again reminds me this show is like 65 episodes and pretty much like the back third is all this plot like <laughs> it feels yeah. like it's a I, I recall when i watched it even though i was enjoying it i was like but it feels like there are a lot of like this could be the end of the series nope we got like 20 more episodes to go wow okay we're just doing this like this scene is unraveling with all these characters and so i don't i guess it's an issue of of time do we really want to add even more cast members with even more backstory i think they just have to be the people who you know in an 80s movie would be like oh let's go you know get the news from this corner store that sells tvs all stacked up that face out towards the street you know it's just like yeah. you have to have that scene right i think it's kind of rad i think the time dilation is pretty cool where the whole last season is like five, six hours. Like it's like a day. But I think that's right. Yeah, cool. you'd almost <laughs> say it was a promise day. Oh, yes, the day we were promised. <laughs> like how I met your mother, the final season. <laughs> well, but you want to know something about that? I like Time Delusion too. I'm I don't have a problem with that. And it's funny you mentioned how much I'm under the final season because having just rewatched that, I actually think that final season works better than I thought it did when I first watched it because. Mm. By extending time, you get to dig into the like the nitty gritty of certain character relationships. Yeah, but that's something I don't think Full Metal Alchemist really is doing. There was a moment when Envy sees that Scar and Roy are on the same side, and Envy's like, oh, "Why are you guys friends now? Don't you know that he like killed most of your people?" And Mike was like, "I've lost my interesting character motivation. I've lost my interesting <laughs> character." But it's exactly that. It feels like the show is like delaying time, but the stuff it's choosing to focus on. Very little of it is based on character, and a lot of it is based on plot, on, like, the machinations of each of the sides. It's like Scar has to help them right now. He has to. Uh, I don't I don't know about that. After watching this episode, I'm not sure you could say, like, like this episode has Mustang, find Envy's killer. It's like, it is much more shonen. It is much more fighty. Doesn't sit in the emotions in the same way. It is character motivated. Like, when the fights come together, you're like, this is the fight that was supposed to happen. Yes. I think that ultimately the show is all has is always been, and, and one of the reasons it works so well is it is rooted in characters, especially the brothers. But there are some weird things that they force every now and then, and I don't know exactly why, or May coming back to Central is insane. Oh, you know, that, and when that, they say uh, May May yeah. was so useless that May came back and there was like one line about it. <laughs> and then Scar's like, why are you here? They're like, why are you here? And she's like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really have an answer for you. <laughs> I find myself thinking about Mustangs like or criminess just because of how like brutal he is when he essentially tortures Envy. How much he knows about human anatomy and your eyeballs sizzling, your tongue turning to bubbling grease and stuff. And like, I couldn't help but think like how he knows all that and how many people he has killed in the like most painful way possible. Something that came to mind to me in this episode, and I'm, and I'm trying to put it towards before I forget it. It's very clear that there's an intent by the author for us to see these things, these actions by Roy and to have some sort of repulsion to them. However, because of what this genre is, because of how the way he's animated, because of the way he's framed, all of Roy's actions come off as like intensely cool. Yeah, I mean there, there is cool, something though, right? of uh, yeah, it is super cool, uh, and it doesn't <laughs> help at all uh, that every time they animate Roy's flames, it's just like look, 
get me the A squad for this because we need these flames to look just gorgeous. Uh, so you're like, yeah, cool. There is a problem there, and that's not necessarily unique to Full Metal Alchemist either. There's there's kind of the old saying that uh, there's no such thing as an anti-war movie in the sense that as soon as you start showing the action, especially in a genre that is about how cool action can be and, and you know rooting for these characters and these emotional moments, all the war crime stuff is kind of like, yeah, well, but they do get to do cool fighting attacks, right? And that's cool. And that gets a little murky. It's like, you know, Gundam has this problem too where Gundam's like, ah... War is so terrible. Please buy these war toys uh, (laughs) because they're so cool. Personally, I feel like it does work. I mean, you kind of have to, to some degree, as a viewer, if you're going to watch all the Full Metal Alchemist, it's like if characters having done war crimes bothers you, this whole series is probably not going to be a good time because they've all done it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, except for for me, war crimes do not bother me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I mean, I guess I would argue that Mustang, because of the time and the focus that he gets and just the like, I mean, to be fair, Al is like just completely out of this right now. (laughs) Like in a lot of ways, Roy is the secondary kind of lead um in the also, cast you know who, who else is also out of this ed ed is very yeah he doesn't really this. do much really He's just around i actually can't recall a single word he says the only thing he i can remember <laughs> is over and over again hawkeye <laughs> shooting the, all the white people Kai, <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm like yeah. come on guys she literally says just start shooting at these white guys it's so funny it's It's like the ultimate challenger to like that line in the dragon ball super dub where it's like hold your fire this man isn't black what (laughs) these two dub lines have to collide in the the ether (laughs) you know speaking of dub lines here's a transition for us to bring up the classical music welcome to first take theater reading actual posts from people who watched the show as it aired. It's very unfortunate, however, the idiocy about not letting Roy finally kill Envy. The notion that if he kills Envy out of revenge for Hughes, it turns his soul towards the dark side, as if he were some kind of Jedi or whatever, shows a sadly shallow understanding of the human spirit. We can harbor all kinds of emotions, labeling them as bad or good based on social morality is just nonsense. Killing Envy is the right thing to do, as all posts I read in this forum seem to agree, because he is evil. That in itself would not make it almost saint-like upright person like Mustang become evil. It's the same shallow notion of human behavior that makes poor Hughes hesitate when Envy turns into his wife. He knows it's just the looks, and honestly, even if it were my wife, if she were trying to kill me, I would just as easily kill her. <laughs> Somebody is trying to kill you. <laughs> if you love that person, that very fact should cancel that love. <laughs> but that doesn't even come into the equation. Hughes knew it was not his wife. So there was no reason for him to hesitate. That's one of the small things that can really damage a good plot. Making your characters behave stupidly because you can't think of a good solution to move the plot forward. Anyway, yes, Roy frying Envy over and over again is one of my favorite moments in the whole series. He is way more my kind of hero than Ed and Al with their naive I must save everyone behavior. And that only works out because the author slash scriptwriter cheats to help them out. And that was First Take Theater, proving that when it comes to hot takes, there's nothing like the first. 
Sincerely, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature of everything. <laughs> you know, like I love how that one started off where you were like, "Yeah, I kind of agree with what this guy is saying," and then he's like, "If my wife tried to kill me, I would kill my wife." <laughs> yeah, at the beginning, I was like, "Okay, all right," you know. <laughs> There's a lot going on there, um, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, How do you I think start like, there? Yeah, okay, so I think, first off, I mean, you know, not to be like, that person is totally wrong, because that's their experience with the text or whatever. <laughs> but to me, this is very similar to when people are like, what's your apocalypse plan? Or what are you going to do when the zombie outbreak happens? Or, oh, what would you do if you had to kill somebody? <laughs> like, and everybody acts like they have a plan. Like, if a zombie outbreak happens, I'm going to be sitting at a red light, like, why have we been sitting here so long? Ah, and then get dragged yeah. out of the car by a zombie. Like, I don't have a plan. Like, it's the apocalypse. And it's the same thing here. It's like, oh, well. It's like everybody thinks they're so smart. They're so capable. If it was them, this is what they would do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if my wife was trying to kill me, I would just kill her first. Like, that's like, what is this, like, Yu-Gi-Oh? Are you like, like, like top decking her? Like, like it's, are you like constantly worried about your wife killing you? So you're always pointing a gun at her or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy yeah. talk. Like, you trust people. That's why you don't kill them right away and they kill you faster that's why that works even if someone were to walk up to me and like say like i meet envy for real like i'm i'm walking down the street and literally envy shows up and like i'm like who is this punk kid with his long hair and his cut off shirt and, and <laughs> envy's like envy's like i'm gonna turn into your wife and just turn into my wife right in front of me i would hesitate i would just be like <laughs> what is happening Wait. right now you know what i mean like i would be like were you oh envy my. the whole time <laughs> yeah i'd be like what? wait full wait full metal alchemist is real i would say right before i got shot do i love envy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like that i would just be like oh my god you know you, you know i'm not i wouldn't be like ha, you know and have like a gun on my hip like han Solo. <laughs> like i would be genuinely just... shocked by what i was witnessing yeah you need more so... information right you need... i just i just yeah. i just love the image of like fucking envy for full metal alchemist what came to you if you like hey grant jones i love your podcast <laughs> It's like oh I'm like I'm like Peter Griffin. Oh my god, it's Envy from Full Metal the Alchemist. Full Metal the Alchemist. Full... Hey Lois, remember the time I met Envy and he turned into you? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, Peter. I remember. <laughs> it's like the casual dismissal of how like deeply unnerving and weird that would be, I think it's a little it's probably giving themselves a little too much credit. Or maybe this person is truly... Maybe they're like, like a badass, you know what I mean? Yeah, truly like... this is like a stone-cold Navy SEAL copy like copy-paste of a person who just has no emotion. In which case, media must be just difficult for him in general to consume. <laughs> He's just like totally... watching Gilmore Girls, like sharpening a knife in his living room. Like, I just kill everybody in this scene. I don't know why. I don't see what the drama is. Lorelai looked at me like that. I'd put one between her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and two more to make sure um, yeah, always so like, make sure and i guess to call back i think to some degree like we mentioned earlier like you know what experience with asian media has that reframed the show's understanding and i don't know if i would say it's specifically to full metal alchemist but i think more generally understanding um the influence of specific like theater and like operatic tropes and stuff that come from kabuki theater and coming from chinese opera like a lot of the, the sort of influences there on anime and how a lot of the writing and the sort of like the, the tropes and some of the framing of certain sequences like we, if you understand it as a television show that is meant to emulate reality it is kind of weird that hughes isn't you know navy seal quick with the knives right but if you understand it as a dramatic play 
Like what would happen if a character, an actor walked into the scene and looked like, like suddenly, oh, it's the wife actor. Hughes's actor on stage would be dramatically shocked, right? Like if you understand it, the narrative needs of theater, of theatrics, of drama, yes. right? Like of, of course he hesitates whether he knows or not, right? Like of course he does because that's the nature of theater. Real life is not the movies and the movies are not real life. That's why they're the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were in real life, nobody would fucking watch them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if shows were like real life, they'd be very boring, very sad. Rep- that being said, I just want to say, Peter, I'm a homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to say, I don't want to say like, ah, this person is immature. But I hear some of what's going on there. Like, ah, Roy is the better lead because he's this man of action as opposed to these young kids and their silly ideals. That certainly sounds like something I would have said when I was a much younger man and felt very differently about things. Um, and just, oh, it's all, you know, hard men making hard choices. Of course, must, Mustang's the real lead. All oh, these kids and their, their silly hopes and dreams. You know, that's a little... That is yeah, why, yeah. dear listeners, if you are under 18, here's my tip to you. Do not post. Just don't post. You will regret it. You will regret everything. You think you're smart. You think you read books. You think you're, you're knowledgeable. You will regret anything you put on the internet. So just, for the love of God, I'm not saying that as like making fun of you. I'm begging you. Don't post. In fact, stop listening to this podcast right now and go go tell your mother you love her. No, no, no. no. Take take the podcast with you. Eat a refreshing mango. Arthur, (laughs) it's pronounced mango. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, Grant. I can't stop picturing just Full Metal Alchemist, but Envy is Peter Griffin, right? (laughs) I think Peter would have to be Hughes, though, right? Like, as Hughes is a family guy who wears glasses. Like, I think oh my that's God. Yeah. Please, how it has Please, if you're listening to this and you know how to draw, I need to see Peter Griffin as Hughes. <laughs> like please, him. I'm begging you. <laughs> just redraw that whole scene so that when Hughes looks back, it's Lois. <laughs> we would all like to see that. We would all like to see it. If you're 18-year-old and I told you to not post, forget what I said. Post yeah. that, please. <laughs> Hold on. I have a new segment, by the way. Welcome to Arthur's Forced Positivity Garden. Michelle, please step into the garden. Okay. Welcome. Uh, Now you're trapped in the garden, and uh, in order to get out of the Forced Positivity Garden, you must say one thing you liked about this episode. I already said it. It can be small, it can be large. Well, this this displays your complete ignorance of everything I just said because I started off this podcast he's, saying he still I still haven't liked, said anything positive. I, I let me say it. I liked the central play. I thought it was cool. Uh, did I have problems with it? Sure, but I thought it was cool. No, what did you like about it? All things considered, it was a really smart plan. It'll be like, do I have problem again? I have problem, guys. Right, well, I thank thank I, you. You may now exit the garden. <laughs> I just say I contain multitudes. I can that this concludes our first positivity garden. Let me back into the garden, guys. <laughs> Sorry, the gate is closed. Uh. <laughs> On the next episode, you may re-enter the garden. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike. Uh-huh. This just in. It's time for Mike to take the pad and to head out to the field and wow everyone with his predictions and Mikey at the back. Wow, that was really good. That was like, that might be the best one we've ever had. <laughs>
This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail. Mike, please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, Beyond the Inferno. Oh, shit. Well, oh. Beyond the Inferno is lit. I guess the question here is, because what we're seeing is uh, Hawkeye pointing the gun. We're seeing that last moment, pointing the gun at Roy in the tunnels. But I don't think that Hawkeye, in this case, I could be wrong, but I don't really think that this Hawkeye is Envy, because Envy is a great shape changer, but a terrible actor. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and Hawkeye seems pretty good, pretty on the cue there, you know? So I don't think it's really, I think it's a fake out. But maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. For the whole, that's the whole episode? No. Th- oh, right. Like for the episode? <laughs> okay. No, that's okay. That counts. No, no, don't no. I, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is, is that the man who is part lion will be in the next episode. <laughs> All right, now that Mike has made his prediction, it's time for us to grade the episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying, well, you know all the problems I have with it, and they were numerous and they were really strong, and that's why I'm giving it five stars. Just kidding. I'm giving you three stars. <laughs> I have issues with it. Definitely wasn't as good as some other ones. Kind of liked it when Envy got burned all, all good like that. So I'm going to give it a 3.75. I'm going to give it an enthusiastic two stars. It was messy. It was a little all over the place. It had a lot of characters that don't really care about their thoughts talking. Look, two stars. When I say enthusiastic, I mean it's like better than every other two star episode that I've seen so far. Well, I guess for me, uh, I mean, it can't be a perfect episode because it doesn't have Olivia Armstrong in it. Um, But uh, it definitely it has the in my opinion, like Roy, Roy cutting loose on Envy for what happened to Hughes is probably like the most important thing to me in this entire series because Hughes's death uh hit pretty hard so it at least gets I, th- I would i would give it four stars for that alone and i feel like of all the other character stuff i feel like this is a very tidy arc for mm-hmm. roy roy has a friend in the military his friend dies he wants to find his friend's killer he does like there's there's really there's not too much that's messy or all over the place about it i mean there's obviously been some twists and turns over 50 plus episodes it's very simple it's very direct in a show that especially at this point plot wise gets very very complex and has so many characters and so much going on for a long time so i I don't know i like how direct it is and i think it's easy to hook on to for most audiences i feel most people would probably probably enjoyed this element and i personally you know that's why i would give it four and now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analyst. So I'd like to take this moment to thank our guest, Grant, for coming. Grant, thank you so much for coming. It Thanks was a delight to on. have you. Yeah, thank you. You were <laughs> amazing. You were the best. Thank you. The thank best. You. Oh, oh, stop, stop. Plug your stuff, please. I promise I don't spend most of my time making excuses for war criminals and my other spaces. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to hear me do reviews with my buddies on the couch, once again, thank you, COVID vaccines. You can listen to Blade Licking Thieves or me and two buddies watch Asian films and shows and things like that and review them. You can uh, also listen to me on the Super Senpai podcast where me and my buddy Pat review tokusatsu shows. We're doing Ultraman Mabius right now. Really enjoying that. And you can read me over at Anime News Network where I do various writings interviews sometimes stuff i enjoy sometimes i have to jump on the grenade for the team and you can also follow my nonsense on twitter at grant the thief it's just a lot of silly posting to be honest but be glad to have you there and before you go could you please do your best full metal alchemist just like the interstitials okay full metal alchemist (laughs) nice excellent great and if you don't want to go into the forced positivity garden don't forget to follow us on twitter that's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. 
Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram, at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Better.